Welcome to DT Madness Chronicles from the Third Life, Episode 26, September 24th, 2022. So glad you could make it. We went through a stretch uh, a couple of years ago, several years ago, um, in our family where we would watch um, Texas Hold'em Poker on TV, the World Series of Poker and all the different personalities and stuff. And, 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 you know, it's fun to try to imagine what you would do and all that kind of stuff. And not too long ago, we, we actually bought a set of our own poker chips for the house and we have a pretty good time playing. Um, you, you may know already, but just in case in Texas Hold'em, each player gets two cards. The dealer deals everybody two cards. And then there's a community flop of three cards on the table that everyone can see and you use those cards combined with your two to try and come up with the best poker hand then there's a fourth card laid which is sometimes called fourth street or the turn and then there's the fifth and final card laid on the table and that one is called the river each player can place bets along the way and if you feel like you have it if you feel like your hand is is the one, then you can go all in. Push all your chips in the middle of the table. It could be a bluff, or you could have the nuts, as they say. And yes, that makes the two eighth graders, Isaac and myself, and our family giggle. But the nuts is what poker folks call the best possible hand. But I'm all in. On the river. And that's the title of this episode, All In on the River. And I put the question at the end because this episode is filled with questions, as most are here on The Madness. After all, I'm with Mary Oliver when she says, Let me keep my distance always from those who think they have the answers. Let me keep company always with those who say, Look, and laugh in astonishment and bow their heads. This thought process started a couple weeks ago when we had Spirit Week at school. It was homecoming week. Uh, and so I, I handed out this handout with with the five days. You know, we had Pajama Day on Monday. It was Tropical Tuesday. Construction Worker Wednesday, which was weird to me, but ended up probably being the most participated in with all the orange vests and such as that. It was tie-dye Thursday, which is right up my alley. And then Friday was was neon colors. Each grade level wore different colors and and all of that. And so I, I put that out. I, I, I created a handout with that on the top of it. And then the first question to the kids was, which days will you participate in? Um, the second thing says, Spirit Week is a great time for the school leading up to homecoming and participating in Spirit Week. And having school spirit in general is important to the overall success of the school. And then they had two options. They could agree with that statement or they could disagree. And then they had to give two reasons. Reason one and reason two. But then they also had to come up with 
a reason um, why the other side would uh, make a claim. You know, uh, at least one reason uh, supporting the opposing opinion. And then they had to write a paragraph using their claim and their supporting reasons. On the one hand, this is about teaching how to write and think and consider, but it was also about seeking and searching for an identity, a corporate identity, a, a community, something that that I'm not sure that we've had at the high school for a little while, and maybe that's um, maybe that's the case around the country in a lot of ways. But that led to the next assignment that I had for my students and one that I really had for me. What a wild ride it's been for App State. Um, I probably mentioned last week how Sam was up for a day and a half, like seriously, 36 plus hours without sleep, uh, camping out all night on the Sanford Mall up in Boone and experiencing college game day on ESPN and such as that, and 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 all that ended with the crazy Hail Mary play to beat Troy, to continue the madness that's been the life of Yosef for the past several weeks. But there's a, there's a sign that I've noticed a few times when I've been on campus in Boone, and I saw it a few times while watching game day. I'm sure other places have it, but, but this one says, Today I give my all for Appalachian State. And that phrase made me think about my own college experience. For one, um, I spent my first year at Davidson. I've chronicled that on this podcast in the past. I wasn't ready. My mind wasn't um, wasn't ready. I, I think in real ways I was dealing with some pretty deep depression. And I was not coping well with that using... Uh, the wrong methods to cope with that and all that kind of stuff. And so the Davidson experience after the first semester, especially, and maybe even after the first quarter, um, I didn't really get it. Um, honestly, I can say going back on campus and, and knowing that my many of my family members have gone to Davidson, but stepping back on campus after 20 years, I still felt the tradition and the, the mystique, you know, like of Davidson College, such that I can understand why people would give their all for Davidson College. I, I mean, I had a great time at Garden Web. I met Sarah. We played spades and drank a lot of terrible coffee and, you know, sledded down the hill naked and all these kinds of things. Like we had a great time. But I don't think I would say that I would give my all for Garden Web, not even while I was there. I just don't think that identity, that kind of mystique was there. And, and look, to be fair, the tradition and all that kind of stuff is at Crest. I mean, we've got athletic success, our CTE programs. Look, our FFA program laughs at our football team for only having six trophies. I mean, the FFA uh, wins state championships year after year after year. And so all of that stuff's there. How do we find this identity? So, you know, the question today, I give my all for Appalachian State or that phrase, it made me think about my own college experience at Davidson and at Gardner-Webb, but it also illuminated to me how much we tear each other down, like to the, to the lowest common denominator in a way, you know, 
in, in, in corporate settings, in communal settings, especially in grade school, you know, but probably in most situations. I mean, the kids have a saying now that they use, to, they, they call someone a tryhard. And being called a tryhard when you are the person that, you know, works to become better, that, that you put in the extra effort to be good at school or to be good at gaming or whatever it is, if you're called a tryhard, that's a negative thing. We, we used to have, you know, uh, I don't think people use the word do-gooder or goody-two-shoes or any of those kinds of things. And I, I kind of understand where they're coming from. But think about those words. We have turned trying hard and doing good into things with negative connotations. We take those people who want to excel, who have a drive to excel, and we try to put pressure on them to fall back to the rest. The mentality of the group is so often to chide those who excel, to make snide or snarky, are those the same thing, comments to those who do exceptionally well, and then create excuses. And, and I get that self-defense aspect of it all. I've been a teacher for two decades now and a human for four. So I know the self-defenses that are needed or at least needed in our perception. So anyway, I gave them this handout after the Spirit Week handout really for my own purposes. I wanted them to help me think. And now I guess I'm asking you to help me. But it, it says up at the top today, I give my all for, and then I, I provide Appalachian State and I use that as the example. And I told them, about all the craziness that's going on with beating Texas A&M and beating, um, beating Troy, but really just how even within a month or two, how even as a dad, you know, like I'm ready to give my all for that institution because of, because of the excellence up there in Boone, because of the community that they have in place, the tradition. Um, and I know Sam is. And so then the first question is this, and this was for the students, but this is for you. List some things you give your all for. And then, you know, maybe we'll come back to that. But, but number two says, is Crest High School one of those? And then number three says, I'm assuming it isn't. And I wasn't wrong. But what would it look like if you did is the question. What would Crest High School, what would the culture be? What would it look like if most people did, is how number four reads. How would that change the culture of the school? And maybe really, you know, another way to get at that question is, how would the culture of the school have to change in order for you to be willing to give your all? I, I think the question could be asked both ways. It's definitely a chicken and an egg kind of thing. How would it have an impact on you as an individual was another question. If the culture changed, if it was someplace that you looked forward to coming to, that you took pride, you know, I would go to App State, I go to Davidson College or Duke or UNC or Harvard or whatever it is. If we could recapture, if we could capture you know, create that type of culture where people were all in, most people, most every day, you know, not all the time. What would it look like? And back to number one, you know, like 
it's an interesting thing to think about. What are some things that you do give your all for, that you are willing to do that? Yourself, maybe, most of the time. Certainly there are times where we don't have full belief in ourselves and we don't want to give our all even for ourselves. But I, I think that most of the time, you know, that, that'd be something that we would do. Your family, your, your church, your community group, your sports team, your school, this country. What are some things that you are willing to give your all for? Um, something, to, something to think about. Oh man, for for halftime, I just got to tell you. And again, I don't know. I got to go back and start listening to last week. So I'm sorry if I keep repeating things, but but something that I've been able to do the last two Fridays is go into the elementary schools here in town. I have first period planning, and uh, so Mr. Shields has uh, has allowed me to leave for about 30 minutes uh, during my planning period and go down to the elementary schools. and And a week or so ago, I read to some second graders. I don't know if I told you, but one of the kids was sitting there the whole time just chomping my leg with with her hands you know and saying that she was an alligator Um, but this week uh, I got to go read to some first graders and first of all I took some stuff with me this time I took the same book that I read I was able to borrow it from from Leanne she let me borrow it it's called the itty bitty frog and I come up with the, the great voices the tiny bird voice you know and then I've got the mama bird she's a little bit southern for sure and then I don't even know if I can do the frog voice, but you'll have to go and, and, and it changes every time, but it just cracks the kids up. And so um, that's good. They they like to critique my frog, frog voice, but you can go to DT underscore madness on Instagram and, and check it out. Uh, I've got a video up posted that you can, you can see um, this week. I also took M&Ms. I know that loading first graders up with M&Ms at 830 in the morning is not something that the teacher wanted. So I did just leave them uh, with Miss. Uh, shield so she could hand them out later and perhaps use them as a tool to get the kids to do the right thing. Um, but those M&Ms have, of course, they have the fruity candy shell, but but they also have the town logo, the Bowling Springs town logo printed on them. And so that was pretty cool. I, I, I handed out. It's just, just a fun part of being mayor going to read to these kids. I, I hope I don't cause too much of a distraction for these teachers because Whew, teaching first grade and second grade is that's a real thing. But uh, I, I just I'm really passionate about being an advocate for literacy um, for for the kids for all of us, you know. But this week there was a kid named River. I mean, I went in and and I told him that I was the mayor. I walk in, hey, we got a visitor today, you know. And I sit down and I'm like, look, I'm the mayor of Boiling Springs. And at first I'm like, ooh, ah. But that didn't last too long. And then, but but right away, there's a kid with his hand up, and I say, "Hey, buddy, what what is it? What, do you have a question?" And he says, "My name is River. I like pizza, as you should, River." And you know what? Good for you, kid. Good for you not being uh, in awe. I know you're in first grade, so it's just a thing. But like, I'm all in for this kid named River for sure. He didn't hesitate for a second to tell me his story with confidence. You know. The river likes pizza. Uh, so what if you're the mayor? You know, I just want to let you know we could have lunch together maybe uh, someday. But yeah, river, press on, my man. A quick, a quick uh, uh, other story for you. Um, there were two fish in a tank. 
and one looks to the other and says, hey, can you drive this thing? I know you uh, love the dad jokes. And if you got some better ones, let me know, because I sure do like them too. Um, but here we are in episode 26, and we are all in on the river. And there's the kid river. We're all in for river. You know, we like pizza. But of course, you know, there's the there's the river where I spend so many of my hours, the broad river, the majesty. Oh, I mean, it's it's about to be breathtaking down there over the next few months as the leaves begin to change and the the October sky comes along. You know that October blue. It's just uh, it's just different. This morning I was down there and, and and reading Lord of the Rings and just be warned that over the next several madness episodes you are likely to get a lot of references to Tolkien. Um, but I was down there reading and doing my meditation and prayer and I look up and I saw these four deer across the river. Um, it was, it was fresh and early. It was cold. I had to suit up with my toboggan and everything, but these four deer were just across the river, just waiting kind of, you know, about, I don't know, the deers have knees, but they were about knee deep into the water and drinking. And I told Isaac, I heard them laughing. He doubts me, but I, I, I know the language when I'm down there. And when I sit with my eyes closed or sometimes open and breathe in and out and settle and then let whatever or whoever come to mind and I breathe in their struggles as a way of taking those burdens into my own body. And then I breathe out with intention. I breathe out offering those burdens to the one, to the I am. I can't explain really how much I find myself down there at the river, how much I realize how connected I am to all things, to all people for all time. Yeah, it's a different kind of all in when I'm at the river. Back for a second to that uh, all-in for App State assignment I gave to my students. I, I saved the final two questions that were on that sheet for now. And number six says this, what does it mean to give your all anyway? What is your all? And number seven says, find three examples of humans doing extraordinary things in the face of tremendous obstacles. Examples of humans who have overcome. And I, I put that question on there because I want my students to know that they can. Because being human is magnificent, magnificent and extraordinary. I tell them constantly that I, I know they've been through some really difficult times. These last few years, I mean, dang. I know they have issues outside of school that are compounded by all this mess. And I advocate for them to seek out places of solace and and, and to find people to lean on, and I encourage them towards self-care. But I also want to encourage them to rise up, to think about what a next step would be towards growth or development or whatever term we want to use, and resolve to take that step. 
I, I, I gave them a, another assignment that had hashtag goals on the top. And really it just says, these are, this was to my seniors um, that, you know, what do you want to do next? Do you want to go to the community college? Do you want to go to a four-year college? Do you, are you going to get a job straight away? Do you want help with how to manage your finances and how to get that set up? And I asked them to, to check which one. And many of them indicated the community college. And so I called my friend Omar while we were in class. And I'm going to try to get Omar to come over who works at the college and, and, and try to begin to help these kids. Like they, I want them to identify a step, but then I want to help them with that resolve. I tell them that it starts with me, that I will continue to raise my expectations for myself as a teacher first. And then for them, then I will raise my expectations for them, but, but I'm going to lead the way. But that's a tough sell, you know. It's a tough sell for them, for me to tell them to give their all, to be all in. When I, I, I got this email from, from a student who was very thankful for these speeches that I give, you know. I guess they get to hear the DT Madness every day or at least a couple times a week. Um, but a lot of his email was about, man, what is going on in our country? And why are we so divided? And why can't we deal with our history and, and, and figure out how to move on? And there's just this, I don't know, desperation. You know, there's this obvious, there are these, there are these barriers that are just obvious for these kids to even wonder why. And I'm telling them to give their all. And that's a tough sell. In a world of people and systems and powers that seem bent on gaining power, no matter the cost, that seem to be all in only for themselves, even to the point of the destruction of all else. No wonder our faith in institutions is plummeting. No wonder the fastest rising religious identification and soon to be the majority within the next generation is the nuns, not N-U-N-S, not talking about the Catholic sisters, but N-O-N-E-S, not identifying with anything. No wonder. Why should I go in all in for something larger than me? Because all in, all in, that's it. That's everything. If you give your all, there's nothing left. You're depleted, poured out. But that is indeed the call from the Christ. To be poured out, to die, to die to yourself on a daily basis, to give everything you have all in for each other, for the body, the glory. And the mystery of it is that when you pour yourself out in such a way, then you find that you're filled and overflowing. That the death to yourself day in and day out is truly the only life. True life. True love. Wendell Berry says, I know that I have life only insofar as I have love. I have no love except it come from thee. Help me, please to carry this candle against the wind. It's tough, man. It's a struggle sometimes to try to keep that candle, to try to keep your little flame 
burning in the midst of this storm, in the midst of this, these howling winds. But then you get an email from a kid, you know, or a kind word from a friend, or maybe you don't. Maybe you're planting sequoias and you just have to have faith. But I suspect even then you're not alone. There are many who are planting seeds, planting seeds in quiet humility. And that brings me to the newest sponsor of the podcast. That's the Token of Hope. Ever since I heard the song Wave of Hope at Deer Creek this summer, um, when I saw fish up there, the phrase, this too shall pass, has been a deep and pervasive reminder to my soul. And a few weeks ago, my guy gave me a small token with those words, this too shall pass, inscribed on it. It's probably a keychain type thing, but I put a string on it and hung it over my rearview mirror so that I see it all the time. Appreciate you, Matthew. Time is merciful to us. Time is. I know how we long for days gone by with our kids and such, but, but time really is gracious. Whatever struggles or heartache or suffering you are going through, it will end. Maybe tomorrow, maybe in a lifetime, but it will all in time. And what about the good things that we experience, the deep down from the guts laughter after a really tough day? You know, those quick knowing glances from someone you know and who knows you. The striking beauty of four deer drinking in the river across the way. The peaceful and serene moments that are found in relationship. I don't have the full answer for that. I don't, I don't have the answer for where do those things go and why can't we hold on to them. Whitman says that death may be far luckier than we imagine. There's a scene in Lord of the Rings where, where Frodo and the boys come out of a harrowing experience in the Barrow Downs and, and they're looking for their clothes. They're naked. And Tom Bombadil, who we could spend a lot of time on, but Tom Bombadil says, you've found yourselves again out of the deep water. Clothes are but little loss if you escape from drowning. The band Bird Talker sings a song about shaking your grave clothes off. Shake your grave clothes off. Because it's more than we can dream or ask or imagine. Life. You know, I don't know if my cards are the ones. I don't. I don't know what cards you hold, and I don't know how it will all play out. But if I have nothing else, I have faith in the good, the true, and the beautiful. And because of that, my chips are in the middle of the table. I'm all in. What about you? This has been a Church of Six production, which if this is your first time, that just is my five plus you. And I'm all in bucket of life with those ripples reminding us to pour ourselves out the foundation tower of stone reminding us of how those that came before us gave their all for us the magic rock the wall of belief and indeed the token of hope 
Don't forget to believe and be live. Peace, my friends.